This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Subi Mboya Arnold, and boy, do we have a special show just to round up Women's Month for you. Gareth Armstrong once again has been kicked out of studio because today we're talking to a group of women that are really are changing the world. They're inspirational. It's a kind of woman that we all want to aspire to be. But right here on Future CEOs, it's not just about that. We give you tools, we give you tips, and we gave you great mentorship skills to reach your full potential. But today, unlike any other day on Future CEOs, we're talking about women in STEM, women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And a very good friend of mine, yes, I can call her a friend, all protocol reserved, is joining us in studio just to kickstart this conversation because the topic is about the underrepresentation of women in the tech sector and not just in South Africa, not just in Africa, but globally. For those of you who are not sure about what Future CEOs is all about, if you are an ambitious entrepreneur, if you are a high potential executive wanting to break those barriers, wanting to break through that glass ceiling, especially being Women's Month, this is the show for you. My name is Louis Boya Arnold, and without any further ado, all protocol observed, Ambassador of Netherlands, the beautiful Marissa Gerards, welcome to Future CEOs. <laughs> and our other guests, of course, with protocol observed, but you know what? They're not just women of value of substance, but they are founders in, of women in tech. And to kickstart this conversation again are these women who are here to empower and to motivate young girls who really want to break into this sphere. So without any further ado, it's Joelle and it's Yannicka. And it's Nondi and it's Nokutula. And they'll all explain to you what their passion is and what they do and why they're here in Future CEOs today. So let's kick stuff with you, um, Joelle and Yannicka. They're the founders and the co-initiators of Inspiring 50. Please tell us what Inspiring 50 is all about. Yes, yeah, so um, we are both uh, entrepreneurs in tech, yes. and then we discovered there's not that many women. Yes, and we thought, well, that's a pity because not only is working in tech a lot of fun, you can create amazing things, and it's the future. All companies will be tech companies, and um, for it to uh, to be. Um, attractive, uh, well, it is attractive for women, but we wanted to show that. We wanted to make role models more visible so that other women would also see, hey, there can be a career for me in technology. And especially since all the jobs will be there, it's extremely important. And with you, uh, Joelle, obviously, you know, the tech space really is changing the world. What made you create an entrepreneurial space for other women by co-founding Inspiring 50? I think what we're trying to do is uh, let women see the possibilities in technology. So a lot of women think, "Oh, um, I don't have the, the, I don't have a great idea. I don't know where the opportunity is." But especially in the field of technology, there are dozens of opportunity every day uh, for a company to start. And uh, yeah, we just want to see. We we, we just want to show that other women are doing it so that everybody could be following in that into that footsteps. I'm so glad. I'm so honored to have you. Thank you so much to the Ambassador of Netherlands for basically, you know, connecting the dots and not just it being an African or South African problem, whereby women are, are really not in these spaces. You know, there are uh, there's gaps in the market. They're not reaching their full potential. They're hitting that glass ceiling. There is a kind of harassment and there's a... Uh, 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 
uh, a fear of leadership positions, you know. Why do you think this is not happening just in Africa or South Africa, but it's happening globally? Yeah, Inspiring 15 is operating in different countries so T- far. Tell it, us where, yes. Yeah, so far just in Europe, in separate countries in Europe and a pan-European program. Yeah. Uh, we're also moving to uh, Canada and we see everywhere the same challenges and the same um, situation. And for part, this is really within the women. It has to do with self-confidence. It has to, we always say if, if she can see it, she can be it. I know. And uh, that, um, that, that's the part that comes from the women uh, themselves. But also, um, uh, in society, a lot of things can still change to open up uh, the opportunities for women, and uh, well, it's getting better every year. But there's still a lot of work to do. As and and yes, don't yes, don't yes. Um, uh, take this wrong, but it's not just important for the women. It's no. also very important for the companies, because all kind of research has shown that uh, diverse teams uh, perform better. Yes, and that's more than just gender, but um, it is just the results are better. Uh, and it's also important when you create products and services that you create them. For all your customers and not yeah. just a very uh, tiny a part of your customer group. And also not having diverse teams can um, lead to really uh, issues. Um, a very important example... Uh, I think is the first uh, Apple Health app where there was nothing uh, uh, for women in there yes. uh, about female cycles and everything. Nothing was in there. But also if you look at the developments uh, in artificial intelligence, if all that is created just by a small group uh, of people, white men, um, yeah. then uh, bias uh, uh, will be part of it. Uh, the, the bias and racism that is already in the data will be part of the the output. And, and those consequences can be really big. So it's really relevant for everybody to have more women, more diversity in technology. Tell us about, from both of you, before we go to our winners, <laughs> tell us to both of you about how important empo- empowerment is. You know what? They, they once said that you can educate the girl and when you do that you educate a whole community you educate a whole country you know so the women empowerment which we stand for so rigidly where I stand for especially in the context of entrepreneurship how important was empowerment in creating Inspiring 50 for both of you as founders yeah, I think a network is very important yes. for young women and also women in the middle of their career. I think with Inspiring mm-hmm. 50, we're providing that. Uh, the women can find each other and um, that helps. Second thing that helps is because of this list coming out, uh, there's no more excuses for big events or for boards or for um, um, a board of directors. To, to say, oh, we can't find any women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what we right now do is say, oh, you can't find them. Hey, here. Look at this. There's a whole list uh, that you can uh, tap into. So um, the empowerment comes from multiple angles um, and from the women themselves by seeing other women doing it. So yeah, that's think, how we, that's what we found important. Yeah, I think we, we also try to uh, inspire these women to I become know. active role models themselves. Yes, yes. And uh, when they do that and they inspire others to become role models, you, you really get this uh, ripple effect where you yeah. uh, inspire a lot of people. And also um, uh, I'm in the supervisory board of UNICEF and uh, earlier wonderful, this year wonderful. I visited uh, South Africa as well, a TechnoGirls uh, program where I Stemming. saw uh, girls who were doing job sh- shadowing with yeah. uh, STEM uh, companies yes. and uh, the stories they told, the impact it had on them uh, is so big and uh, you will change the community because instead of uh, one girl said, I suddenly feel so much more than just a girl from a township Amen. and and another girl said, um, 
I suddenly see a future for myself. And when they uh, uh, really grab this opportunity and make the best of it, they are also an example for the other girls in their community. And you will see great things happening uh, from that. I know you're a big lover of tech. Tell us a little bit, a little bit, because we've got so much to t- talk about, about the prep projects. The books, yes. the books. I'm a, I'm a book lover, so that yeah. completely caught my eye. Tell us a little bit about that. Look how she's smiling. If you had a video, <laughs> you don't know how this woman is beaming. Yes. No, so, um, uh, well, role models are important, but especially also for young girls. And, uh, what, I, what are role models for us are not per se role models for young girls. But at an age where, uh, these girls make super important decisions, uh, with regards to the education, they don't really have, uh, an idea of what tech is. They think it's boring. They think think it's difficult they don't see it as something uh, for them but when you ask if they like uh, Instagram uh, and would like to work there they all say yes so uh, their view of what technology is it's just wrong because Instagram is a tech company and um, so we decided let's create a role models uh, role model for these girls so that's when we published uh, project prep where uh, a, a young girl is uh, starting to learn to go and uh, create an app, build a business with her friends. And then she goes through everything you go through as an entrepreneur in tech, the real fun stuff, but also the challenges. So her service crash, they have no money, they get sued, they get hacked, um, they have to go on holiday without Wi-Fi, all these things that you go uh, uh, through. And... Um, we are currently finalizing the localization uh, of the book for uh, South Africa because uh, for yes. it to be for it to be a We're role excited. model for the girls here, the girl must live in South Africa, and people must think, "Oh, this could be me." And uh, then we're going to uh, publish it here as well. You know what, Yannicka and Joel, I, I I went through the fifty, and let me tell you something, Gareth and I, my business partner, which you met, we couldn't believe the 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 caliber of women you have, you know, just shortlisted on the inspiring fifty, and we've got two of them here, and those are the winners. So, hello, Ndoni and Nokutula. How hello. are you? Great. Black woman in the tech good. space. Allah, Allah. Allah, Allah. Love that. Tell us about your company. You are the founder of something, and so are you. Please explain to us. How you were brought into this? What made you aware of the Inspiring Fifty, and what these women, Joelle and Yannicka, mean to you, and what they've done in your lives? You know what I mean. So let's let's start with Noctula. Okay, um, I I'm a founder of Limit Breakers Global Foundation. What is that? It's a foundation that focuses on um, mentorship of women, um, young girls, uh, and youth in technology, and um, and other careers, um, mar- maritime careers, wow. which involves technology. Correct. And uh, I also look after rest of Africa uh, for Barclays technology. Wow. Um, I look after the 10 countries in infrastructure for Barclays. So how I met um, uh, Inspiring 50 was uh, based on friends of mine that knew that I had done some work in technology. I was the first female that looked after technology for the FIFA World Cup. Um, yeah. And uh, for 2013, sure. um, Orange Afcon, they called me back to look after technology for Orange Afcon in 2013. So when they heard about the Inspiring, um, Inspiring 50, they insisted that I think you've been hiding for too long. Absolutely. Um, you need to read up. They insisted. Um, they called 
other people to nominate me. And when I read about it and I thought, okay, it's about time because I've always been nominated and I've always ran away. And when I read about this initiative, I was so inspired, especially from people outside our, I know, our continent. I and, know. I was, and, and I was just telling. So you understand they see the potential and the yes. value and y- what it can actually do to be an international, a global contender as a black female in the tech space. Absolutely. So they saw that in you. Absolutely. And in, I was so, an and I was so honored. And I'm very passionate about empowering women in the tech space, especially rural women. Correct. Uh, the kind of women that I reach out to is rural girls that can never be exposed in technology, where it's so difficult for a rural child to even know how to uh, use an app. Mm-hmm. I reach out to those girls where, you know, if you are from a rural place and you come to tertiary and maybe your school will not does not use technology, it becomes more of a challenge for you to even compete. Um, in tertiary. So I reach out to those. Um, that's what my foundation does. Hashtag be bold for change. Yes, yeah. ladies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dawn. Yes. Tell us who you are and what your company is about. Okay. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. The Netherlands Embassy. You guys are amazing for actually recognizing African talent and actually seeing the importance of tech and women in our country. So thank you so much for that. And also to the Cliff Show, obviously you guys are amazing for actually having us and hearing our voice. Um, I just, so I'm Donim Kunu and I'm currently doing my PhD at Wits University. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still have to qualify. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> and I'm also the founder of um, Black Women in Science, which is an NGO that Encourages um, researchers and science students to actually do a postgraduate qualification, oh. and I saw this obviously from my walk. Um, I didn't just land in PhD. I had a lot of struggles going up the ladder into getting into the PhD, and I actually started seeing the lack and the gap of mentorship of people of my color, of people who have of my age even to actually come and advise at where should I do it, how should I do it, how do I write English and actually make it makes sense to write an article. So then my NGO started stemming from my own experience and my own struggles and I actually realized that it would be great to actually have societies within the university where we can actually have research skills taught to them. What is writing? What is scientific writing? Um, Having other female mentors to come and show their work that they're doing and how they relate it to the business world and actually be in relation to what you're doing on your on your research. So that's they, that's where it started You know what ladies Just for a, a, As a group discussion We're all mm-hmm. entrepreneurs Or at different stages In our entrepreneurial journey I would like each one of you Like shortly and quickly But with a lot of depth To tell us A moment in that journey Which was, was bad Sad Dark But did you learn from it What mistake did you truly mm-hmm. make That affected your business That affected your choices Or affected Our partnership business Because we want to educate Our future CEOs That it's not going to be An easy mm-hmm. road mm-hmm. That sometimes the, the entrepreneurial space Is a lonely road sure. So please Take a second Breathe And think about A dark moment But A great lesson A great gem That was mm-hmm. learned Let's start off With the winners Because mm-hmm. you're winners so for me, I think it was thinking that you can do it all by yourself. Correct. That is the biggest mistake I've ever made. And that is obviously taught through the journey of, of my research in that you study alone, you do it, you produce, and it's just you and your supervisor and your research. But in the real world, you need people to help you. You need people to actually see and see your weaknesses. So it's not being able to identify me as a leader firstly before I embarked in leading others. And then you see the loopholes in your leadership and in the skills that you're missing. So my advice would probably 
be that first of all the person that's leading is you you have to understand you what is your weakness what irritates you where are you strong where are you weak and mm. then lead people and be as authentic as you can be before you make those mistakes Noctula? um one of the deepest lessons i learned was when i was consulting and um uh, it was capital um i i had a company and i had resources under me I'll call it industry billing because um, this time when invoices would not be paid mm. and I had resources that I had to pay quite a lot of money. Mm. Um, so I learned that you had to have a big brother um, or a big sister uh, that you, you know, um, had to have um, on your shoulder mm. to, you know, so it's mentorship. Uh, what is important is that you need to have a, an industry mentor Someone that you, that could guide you, whether it's financially mm-hmm. or just someone that could, um, uh, that could guide you to say, um, when things don't go well, negotiate for you, you know, go and negotiate with that company to release your, your money sooner or to pay your invoices sooner. Um, those are lessons that I would like to give to, to, to people that are starting off, uh, you know, always negotiate your payments. Because uh, that could uh, make your resources a bit sad. A bit, everybody very, wants to be paid. And everybody needs to be paid. Yes, you know? everybody needs to be paid. And to the founders of Inspiring 15, hard lessons. So many hard lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a tough, long road? Uh, yes. It always is, I think. And yeah. uh, I think resilience is super important. Get up again and uh, continue the what walk. What was your support structure? Who do, who? How do, where did you find your strength? I think you find, if you are uh, two founders in a company, which is my preference, I think doing this alone is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Also simply because nobody uh, has all the skills mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. completely to do it. So I think uh, having a co-founder is a, is a huge support. And then, of course, mm-hmm. your family. Sure. Um, but uh, family and friends. Um, a big learning. Uh, there's so many learnings. One of the learnings is um, that in the beginning we we were um, as a woman you're very often raised to be a little bit humble, mm. and that's appreciated. Um, and it's also very important, and it is a nice um, personality. But if you start your own company and you're competing, we were competing with um, mostly male, or all male um, uh, mm. dominated uh, competitors. And not in Inspire Me 50, this was in our uh, commercial company. And they were also mostly from the US. So mm. we were looking like a real small company and they were looking like a huge company while in reality we had more people and more customers. So we really learned from that wow. and say, hey, we have to adjust our voice to this. Wow. Uh, make it a little bit more, um, sell it a bit more what we do. And uh, I think in the beginning we really had to learn that and, and not overdoing it because then you become untrustworthy, but a little bit selling what you do. I think many women... And uh, need that uh, yeah. they undersell, Correct. and that's not necessary. Correct. Mm. Correct. So that's one of the learnings we definitely had with our commercial company. Yeah, and I think um, um, mm. undervalue yourself as women. Yeah. you know, I mean, I think. Sorry to interrupt. I think it's more easier for men to say that I'm the person for the job. I might not have the skill set, but I'd learn it as I go on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just they just have that confidence, and we kind of are. Um, uh, we, we don't go out there in bravery. We want to be perfect. Yeah, it's, it's tons of research on that. Do you know if what women I mean? look at a job description, they, they're looking at what they don't have. Yeah. And uh, men look the other way around and say, oh, I got this, I got that, I got that. And that's all fine. But uh, when you have a company and you're in a competition for the same customers, then mm. uh, you have to really read what, you, what are the others doing and adjust your voice to that. Um, well, that's one of the learnings. But um, yeah, it's appreciated to say, what are you doing? Yeah, we have a small company. 
No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, no, we're, yeah. Trying, we're trying to do this. Or uh, it, it's just, uh, we hear that a lot in, uh, in, in many, uh, also in buying 50 women, and, and that, that it helps to adjust it a little. Let's be more brave and yeah. less perfect. Mm. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bold. Be bold. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, uh, what is good to realize, and that's why it's good that this topic um, is discussed, it is not easy. And uh, we've had a lot of dark moments uh, where everybody told us we should quit, um, which we never did because we didn't uh, think we should quit. Um, But it can be be really tough and you can feel that everybody else is doing awesome. And um, (laughs) one of the things that I'm always uh, telling other uh, entrepreneurs is it it the grass is not greener on the other side it's not better there but uh, what you see from other companies is their press releases mm-hmm. and is their marketing and is what they tell you and if i'm at an event and somebody asks me how are you doing you're not so going to say oh we struggle no you're mm-hmm. going to say you're awesome mm-hmm. so it's very important to have uh, entrepreneurs as friends and to have honest conversations yeah, about the real stuff because that also makes you feel less alone and um when we uh, when we looked at our competitors, we were like, oh, they raise funding, uh, they do great hires, and we our hire was actually really bad, and the funding is delayed, <laughs> and our releases are delayed. But when you have honest conversations with them, they go through the same. Mm. And that's really important to realize that everybody behind the scenes has uh, struggles, and uh, nothing is perfect. So um, yeah, and and and. In the end, I think the most important message is, despite all the struggles um, and despite the dark moments, uh, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing more rewarding than building a team, building a product, building a service and, and, and changing, uh, changing the world. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, just make sure that you don't think you're alone and um, uh, yeah. go on. Mm-hmm. Leadership qualities, you know, what is and entrepreneurs and as business leaders and as founders and CEOs, you know, it's all about the people. Yeah. This is a business of relationships, as they said, and it's servitude in essence, correct? Yeah. So we all want to be leaders or, or we or, or want to be justifiable followers, you know. So let's talk about leadership because that's very big for me because as a woman, uh, once we are leaders, you know, we raise the community, we raise fellow le- women in the globe. What for you are, are, are great leadership qualities, especially for a businesswoman, especially let's not separate even being in the STEM, you know, uh, um, industry. What makes for a great female business leader? I think um, leadership, you need to firstly be able to admit that you made a mistake and be as authentic as you can be in knowing and admitting to your team that actually I don't have it figured out and let's grow together. Yeah. And you're not always, you don't always have to lead from the front. You can literally lead from the back. I love that. And I think we miss those leaders that, that lead from the back. And I learned that through my organization that the, the team that I had were leading me. They ended up saying, Donnie, no, it's not working on campus. We, we can't have this. And I thought, wow, these, these are young, Scientists that are actually taking the charge and they lead most of the decisions. So you don't have to be aggressive, first of all, and you can literally lead from the back and be as authentic and as possible. And it's so nice, sorry to interject, mm. to see people grow when you give mm. them a sense of responsibility mm. and a sense that, mm. you know, you're empowering them for themselves. Mm. You know, yes, they believe in your business strategy and your, your, your business culture and your business values, mm. but for them, they're owning that mm. position. So I think mm. that's a great leadership tool as a woman to empower. Mm. And the woman to do for you business characteristics of leadership of a woman. Um, I'd, too say, I, I'd say integrity. 
mm-hmm. and um, elaborate. Um, integrity uh, in terms of leading the truth always it, it, it's a great value to have yeah. when you when you're a business leader because if you compromise the truth um, in business leadership it can compromise your product um, I've seen it during the World Cup where everybody was a subject matter expert <laughs> I believe you I believe you <laughs> where everybody was a subject matter expert and um, you had to depend you had to depend on all these people to bring their product in order for the World Cup to happen. So if integrity was compromised, right, the World Cup was not going to happen, right? So I had to depend on people giving me um, that information to say broadcasting is going to happen at this time. Networking is going to happen at this time. You know, power is going to happen at that time. So integrity was very important for me. Love that. And instinct. So I had to believe that, you know, what you're telling me is the truth. And and being tough. You know what? I love the fact that she raised instinct because I think, gosh, as women, we've got yes. that sixth sense. Mm. Yes, we you do. Know? We so do. That's a great point. And love. You know, they all became my children. Big, big children. <laughs> <laughs> big, big children. Think, and yeah, uh, reputation. See. It, it carries you. It follows you everywhere you go. I mean, I was given, I was given a flag to go and lead in Brazil as well. For personal reason, I couldn't go for the 20, 2014, uh, for Brazil, but that was reputation because I had done well for 2010. They called me back for, for sure. Orange Afcon. They also wanted me to go to Brazil. So that was reputation. So that's a great characteristic to, to carry as a leader. Reputation speaks for you when you are not there. Sure, I couldn't have said it better. We've got a yeah. caller on the line, and I'm sure it's Gareth Armstrong. Sure. You miss us? <laughs> Hello. Hi, Libby. Hi, Gareth. You're missing us, huh? You guys are having a fantastic conversation <laughs> in the studio. With couldn't keep away. Yes, what's going on? What's your question? Okay, so let me uh, just first quickly say, ladies, thank you for joining us in the studio, the future CEO show. And we're very, very grateful. What, what I appreciate about what's happening in studio right now is the fact that there's an international element to the conversation, so local and international. And so maybe I can, uh, just a quick question. Um, are, are the problems, and this may take a little bit of discussion in studio now, but are the problems that we, or the challenges that we face uh, here in South Africa similar to those abroad? I mean, are there the challenges that women are facing in corporate environments or businesses similar? Um, is, are we isolated? Are these unique challenges in, in South Africa? Um, I, I hope I, I haven't missed some of those answers already been spoken about, but there it is my question. Thank you so much, Gareth. See you next week, love. So I, I think that's to our inspiring 50 founders. Yeah, I think the challenge is uh, we're not specialists on the South African situation mm-hmm. at all. But um, <laughs> if we speak to other women uh, in the Inspiring 50 group, mm. um, we hear such similar stories from wherever we talk to them. And um, some things are very, very similar. So if you start a company, um, a couple of things you will run into as a woman. First of all, a lot of decision makers on your customer side are men. 
um, if you want to raise funding, uh, most of the investor mm. community is uh, male-driven. Correct. And um, I'm not saying they are on purpose not investing in, uh, they want to invest in female tech companies, but you have a challenge of really understanding and reading each other well. Mm. So um, there can be a situation where a woman is, for example, more chatty. Mm. And then uh, what happens often is that then uh, men, uh, they might um, interpret that as, oh, she's um, not, uh, she can't be tough. Or uh, mm. you, can, you can get misreading. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, another good example yeah. is when um, uh, a, a woman example. would say, mm. um, I want to focus on quality and yeah. uh, I want to grow organically so I ke- can keep an eye on that. Uh, what if you see an investor hears is no ambition. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the, the man that comes next says, Oh, I want to conquer the world. And in the, they both have the same end goal, but the way they say, um, say things is, is seen completely different. Uh, not ambitious, super ambitious, but it's also very difficult that, um, when a, a woman says something, it can be seen as uh, aggressive or emotional, or it's all kind of uh, things are la- it, it's labeled all in the a labels. way that's yeah, yeah not uh, nice. When uh, a man does the same thing, um, exactly the same thing, they say, "Oh, he knows what he wants. He's going mm. after what he wants." So <laughs> um, the same thing is labeled uh, differently, and and I think, like Joel said, the 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 the, the problems are um, similar everywhere. The stats are horrible everywhere. I think the biggest difference is in the base situation. Mm. Um, uh, education, access uh, to information, access to networks. So I think in, in Europe, the starting point is different than for a lot of people here. You know what? I mean, all those that's a universal, everything that you've just spoken about. I mean, the differences between attitude and misrepresentation and labeling. I mean, that's exactly what we get right, right, right here at home. But what I'm trying to find is just solutions to that. Well, you know, what we can do to kind of catapult ourselves into a space where we can reach our full potential as women in the tech space or as women uh, leaders in the corporate or in the boardroom, you know. So what would be your first point of reference when it comes to, you know, you know you want to be in the tech space. You know you want to be successful. You're a young entrepreneur. What would be your mentorship or guideline or advice to somebody who's listening to future CEOs? Look, Tula. I've just volunteered to start. Where could you start? Yes, I've just volunteered to start looking at Africa Um, because I'm exposed to the rest of Africa and Barclays. Mm. And going into Africa, I've seen that there is a misrepresentation of women in technology. I mean, I looked at my area and I saw that there's less women in technology in Africa. And I volunteered to look at transformation in technology in Africa. And uh, so that's the first step. And through my foundation, and that's what I'm going to be looking at, getting into Africa and promoting careers for women in Africa. Uh, so that's the first step that I'm going to do through my foundation. And I've already received an invitation for Zimbabwe. Um, I've received another invitation for Kenya um, to to have a, a career and a digital day with women in Kenya. So there is an appetite in in rest of Africa. We just have to align with with corporate um, Africa on how we then start taking these um, young corporate uh, young students and how we immerse them into the corporate and business world. So there is an appetite, but it requires people like myself. 
like yourself, you know, like this, the Inspiring 50, to start an, creating an enabling environment for these young women to start getting into into the corporate, into the business world. Ndoni, how do you see yourself closing the gap between mm. black and white and male and female mm. in the tech I think space? The first thing is confidence. I know that during my journey doing science, maths was really rough. And I remember just wanting to give up. But I had a really good support structure at home, my parents. Mm. So having a good support structure and actually building it down to a family structure and trying to make them have the kind of confidence to believe that they can actually do women in tech. The second thing that um, I would actually try bridge the gap is that women in tech and science are missing skills like business skills. Mm-hmm. How do you become an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. What is finance? Mm-hmm. Those are the gaps that I really, really missed. And really? Those, that's the fear that I, I had. And you know, the confidence comes in with, first of all, I don't even know. What, what are you talking about when you're talking about revenue, profits, and all of that stuff? Mm. And now you want me to just run a company? Are you mm. serious? Mm. So I would firstly start by encouraging varsities and also NGOs or private companies to offer these women that are in tech or in science to start thinking about their degrees outside of just rich literature and publishing, yeah. but actually to start saying, flip, I actually solved the energy problem. It's my, I solved it. You know what I mean? How do I actually make it into money? How do I start a business? How do I register it? What is it? We need to start conquering these sectors and actually understanding them. And if you don't understand them, long term, long term. And if you don't understand them, have the capacity to say, I want an accountant. I want someone who's going to work with me to understand the business sector of tech. And that way, then we can be able to, to grow these companies. Um, Inspiring 50 founders on your website. I saw you guys have got great partnerships with great people. Tell us about the, the, the importance of partnerships as founders in a business. Yeah, yeah, well, to, to, if, if I can, uh, say a little bit about your previous question. Yes, I yes. think it's really important to realize that there's, uh, not one silver bullet that's going to solve this. Mm. It's a really wide variety of things that need to happen and that's, uh, role models, but also hands-on experience, mm. education, mm. digital c- skills, entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, but, um, I think what can make the biggest difference if everybody that listens and everybody uh, in this country realizes it can start with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts at home. It starts with the way you talk to your uh, kids. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if you tell them they can achieve everything or if you tell them, no, that's not for you. Um the way you treat uh, uh, boys and girls very differently, I the way know. you encourage socialization. Them. Yeah, it it really starts so with true. that. It it really starts with that. So everybody can uh, play a role in this. You don't need to just look at the the role model role models that you look up to. It can start with you. And I think that people should realize it's a very small step to be active uh, here. So yeah. um, um, then, on your other question, uh, the partnerships. Yeah. Um, I think that's crucial because um, you always do things together and, and together you can make each other stronger. You can um, strengthen each other's network and uh, we always look for partnerships, a way to uh, help others and um, uh, see how others can uh, help us. And uh, yeah, it's just so very valuable on, on an inspiring 50 level, but also on a personal level, level I've experienced it where I've had a few very powerful women in my life who said, mm. I believe in you. I'm actually mm. going to help you. Mm. So not just mentors, mm. but actual supporters and who do things for you. And um, 
uh, right now myself when when I, uh, I I'm in a position to help others, mm. I also do it. So don't just say you help somebody; actually help mm. them. It makes such a big difference for somebody who's starting their career. Mm. I can't believe it's almost at the end of the show. Mm. Can you? No. <laughs> you know what? I've really had. Um, you know what? We all want to feel um, a sense of purpose. Yeah. I think we all feel that we want to make a difference, mm. and all. I know in this room you want to be extraordinary at what we do. And thank you for inspiring me. And as I said, just before we came into studio, I'm that person listening. Just as much as I'm in front of you asking you the questions, I'm that entrepreneur listening and being inspired. So just to close off, look back 10 years ago and you're looking into the mirror. What would you say to yourself about your entrepreneurial journey? What advice would you give yourself about the next 10 or 20 years of your life? What would you say to yourself? Let's start with you, uh, Janneke. Janneke. Oh, Janneke. Sorry. Uh, Both beautiful. <laughs> uh, I think the, the most important mm. uh, advice I, I give to uh, entrepreneurs is, um, and, and I, to myself, yeah. is uh, dream big. You really can achieve everything. Go after it and, and set a goal and just make sure you make it, have it, make it happen. You are the one that can make it happen. What are you waiting for? That's what, uh, what are you waiting for? The time is now. Ten years from now, I'll say the same thing. What are you waiting for? The time is now. I would say um, if it's not working out now, it will work out. And you can plan everything to a certain level, but then sometimes it will just come together. So don't give up and keep working on it. Absolutely, and many uh, entrepreneurs or to be there thinking, I need that big idea, I need that yeah. new idea, I don't yeah. know something new. Yeah. You don't have to do something completely new. Mm. You can pick up something that's already being done and do it much, much better in a different way, and that's your opportunity already for entrepreneurship. Thank you so much to all these wonderful, beautiful, powerful women of tech in studio. And you are listening to future CEOs. Once again, all protocol reserved. I am blessed. I have the privilege of having in studio with me the ambassador of Netherlands, Marissa Gerards. An open quote. It's time to recognize the many accomplished, fierce, and all too often overlooked women in the technology space who live and work in and around the globe. These women set a shining example of future leaders and entrepreneurs. Hashtag be bold for change. See you next week, everybody. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.